You're listening to the OKC82 Podcast, the best place for OKC Thunder basketball, a part of 1077 The Franchise Podcast Who Network. What's going on? This is the OKC82 Podcast. Chisholm Hall and Brady Trantham live from the Press Restaurant, as we are every single Wednesday for the NBA-wide full-court press. Yes. You love that joke. Love that joke. It's a great name. It is a great name. I'm sure there's a podcast out there that's called Full Court There Press. absolutely is. <laughs> I'm positive there but is. But there's not a particular episode edition on an already existing podcast called Full Court Press. Yes. There might be a segment. There's a subset of a subset. There you go. That's what we are. Uh, but, yeah, make sure you head on here to the uh, the Press Restaurant. They've got great food. Buffalo mac and cheese is my, uh, my go-to meal here. Uh, Brady always gets a salad, but their food is always fresh. Their drinks are always good and an awesome, awesome place to hang out. Have a beer and maybe watch a basketball game on a Friday night. What happened to the? Uh, uh, I think you went through like a two-week spurt where you were eating salad. You're like, yeah, turn over to th- <laughs> six weeks. Oh, six weeks. Yeah, six weeks. Was it a fun six weeks? It was. So now the I eat um, fruit smoothies exclusively for morning. Yeah. Um, which I and when I say fruit, I'm not talking about one of those people who put like a bunch of honey in it. Or a bunch of peanut butter. Like well, I'd hope not. Like, there's a lot of sugar in fruit. You put honey in there, you're just, like, adding to the, sure. the sugar. So it is, it is fruit, yogurt, and uh, almond milk is all that's in my smoothies. Mm. Those are the ingredients. Um, do those in the morning. At night, I only eat a meal bar with uh, some other fruit and vegetables. And then for lunch, I usually eat, like, a normal meal. Now, if I'm home alone, it's, like, salmon or a fish of some kind, seafood. Yeah. Try saying that wrong. But if I'm here with you, my friend. Oh yes. Buffalo Buffalo mac and cheese on a Wednesday. Hell yeah. I, I I'm honored that you I should can be, be a Buffalo Mac date. Um, <laughs> speaking of, like, so what's the eating what's the eating like this week now that the uh, the old ball and chains out of the out of the house for a week? I'm actually taking this as my opportunity like to Like T V dinners. <laughs> yes. I think this is my opportunity to actually eat other meals that I would consider healthy that my wife does not care for. Oh yeah, I see. Few and far between. Uh, but, yeah, like I said, like a lot of seafood and stuff like that. Your wife doesn't like seafood? Well, no, no, no. My wife, so I'm one of those people who I could eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich every meal. Mm-hmm. And, like, I wouldn't even think twice. My wife is not that person. Yeah. We have to have something different and, like, very different every meal of the day. And so, like, I'm just taking the opportunity just to eat, like, a ton of shrimp while she's yeah. gone. Oh, okay. That's a good yeah, call. Yeah. That's a good call. Variety, is, variety sounds great in, uh, you know, theory. But, man, like, <laughs> start racking up grocery store trips and – the bill, it's like, uh, yeah, I'm just going to have a PB&J, or I'm just not going to eat today because I'm busy. Well, I wouldn't recommend not eating. That's probably a step too far. Well, I mean, to be poor. To be poor, indeed. Uh, speaking of who's not poor right now, the Oklahoma City Thunder got all the wins, filling out the arena. Things are going the right direction. 14-10, and 10, I think, is what they need to go down the stretch to uh, yeah. get to 50 wins. So we're almost to that, if they can just go 500. They're going to get to 50 wins, which is an astounding Well, really, like I said it on OKC82 last night with Madison, I feel like for the game last night they should be rewarded two wins and one loss because they won that game twice and lost it once. <laughs> <laughs> they surrendered a 24-point lead to the Chicago Bulls. This is not the Luau Dang, Ben Gordon, Chicago Bulls, mind you. This is – Why are you trying to make me <laughs> depressed? Hey, hey they, uh, they swept the defending champion Miami Heat in 2007. That was hard. That was a hard season. That was a hard that season. Was, that was the season that gave us the Alonzo Morning gift. That was on opening night when the Heat got their rings, uh, and the Bulls came into Miami and, like, thrashed them by, like, 45. Remember? Yes. Absolutely, yes. I remember. That's, I like, mean, the one highlight of that decade. I mean, me. you would have been, like, 12 or 13. Yeah. Like, I was 15 or 16 or something like that. Sure. Yeah. 
Um, so Chicago came into the game missing four starters. I don't know if any. Thunder I know fans their injury report is long. Yes, I don't know if anybody cares about that uh, because you know Chicago, but they came into that game missing their starting point guard, small forward, power forward, and center. Yeah, Wendell Carter, Max Struess has been out for like ever. Uh, Who? He was well. He was the one guy that has that on their injury report. He was the one guy that had been listed as out for the entire year. Oh yes. Um, who was the, like Wendell? Laurie Marketing is Lori out. Markkinen. Wendell yeah, Carter is out. Otto Porter is out, and uh, their starting point guard Chris Dunn, which is a whole different conversation. Also I'm, out. I'm done with him. But do you know who's not done? Kobe White. Yeah, dude, my boy. I uh, had to go find. I left it in my sock drawer. I thought I was going to throw it out. I did not. Thank goodness. I almost <laughs> put it in the recycling bin a few months ago. <laughs> Uh, but still got my Kobe White stock. Holy crap. You know who's, like, Kobe White's biggest fan? Chris Paul. Really? Chris Paul loves – I mean, I, I think they – like, Kobe White went into one of Chris Paul's camps. I remember that being kind of a story when the Bulls came to town. And they blew a lead that the Thunder eventually, you know, they got that victory. Um, and the, that was – The opposite almost happened. That was mainly because of Chris Paul. Yeah. Um, that's – was that the game where we all kind of realized, okay, this team is actually kind of good? Yes. Because I, I said that on Locked on Thunder the other day, because um, that was around the time where we're like, okay, this is a nice little surprise, but you know, guys are going to get traded still, and this team's not that good. And then the Bulls come into Oklahoma City and just thrash them, and the Thunder have like 14,000 turnovers. It's like, yeah, this team isn't very good at the end of the day. And then they come back and win. Chris Paul does is like the hero, and that's when we kind of started going this whole, Chris Paul's the most clutch, clutch player in the NBA. The Thunder are really good. And, and then the funny thing was, is two nights later, they did the same thing against Memphis. Yes. Brandon Clark and John Morant came in. They got like a 24-point lead, and then the Thunder came back and won that game. So does the fact that they beat Denver last Friday, since the last time you and I spoke, does that change your expectations for this team? Because the narrative here recently has been Oklahoma City's poor win-loss record against these top 25 teams in the league. So does the fact that they beat one of those – does it beat beating one of those top four teams, does that matter yeah. to you? I think the only way that it really changes my expectation, alters it, I guess, is that, okay, the thought that they could get home court advantage make – like, I can buy that now. Because if they were going to do that, they had to start beating the Denvers. They had to start – you know, they've got a back-to-back -back against the uh, Lakers and the Clippers in April. That's late in the season. You should be able to split one of those games because of load management – um, and also the Thunder will be fighting and clawing for the highest seed possible at that point. So you should be able to – you need to beat those teams because the Thunder are going to beat the Bulls. They're going to beat um, – I mean, they play the Kings tomorrow night, but teams like that, for the most part, they're going to beat those teams. That's going to be taken care of. But if you really want to get to the fifth spot, even to the fourth spot, which the Thunder are only, what, a game and a half back of the Rockets. They're 37-20. and 20. The Thunder are 36-22. and 22. Um, Or they're 37-21, I can't remember. Um, but if they're going to – if they're going to actually jump into that conversation, they have to start beating teams like Denver, and they did. So I guess that alters it in that respect. Now, what they do in the postseason, regardless of if they have home court or not, I mean, they're, they're still relatively the same. Like, if they get out of the first round, it won't shock me. Um, it'll be surprising in some aspects, but it won't shock me because of how good we know this team is. But after that, it's like that's about it. Yeah, I I agree with you. I I don't know what people's expectations are heading into the playoffs. I know there's been a lot of conversation about the possibility of Oklahoma City winning a first-round playoff series, and I think that's definitely in the cards. But as I have now tried to unwind myself from, holy crap, is this team not only better than I thought, they're way better than I thought. Trying to also realize my expectations of, okay, that all well may be true. 
games that we thought were toss-ups now are just thunder victories. Yep. That does not change the expectation that Denver, Utah, Houston, Lakers, Clippers are all drastically better than Oklahoma yeah. City. Yeah, I think the their ceilings are teams. all like, – that's the d- biggest difference when you're talking about those teams and the Thunder is the ceiling. Right. Like if any of those teams make it to the Western Conference Finals, it won't shock us. But if the Thunder did, it would be the – that would be a miracle. They would take kinda, something kinda, like what happened with Portland last year where everything fell their direction. Exactly. Injuries and everything. Yeah. yeah. Everything yeah. in between. I mean, if the Thunder make the Western Conference Finals, that's the – that's a miracle akin to the Warriors beating the Mavericks in 2007. Like, what? Oh, if the, if the Thunder made the Western Conference Finals 10 years from now, we would all say, yeah, yeah, Paul George, Russell Westbrook. And they go, no. Like, you know, people would forget this season existed. <laughs> Gallinari. And they would equate it to someone else. <laughs> Darius Baisley. This team would uh, – would that be the most popular th- Thunder team of all time? Like, maybe next to the – the finals team or the f- team that went to the playoffs for the first year? I've always said that first final, that first playoff team is the most popular team of all time. I think that's the one that people remember fondly the most. Yeah, because they were all kids. Because they were all kids. Um, and it was kind of the first taste, and all those guys were there, and the hype, and the fake foam beards out in the, you know, out in the bleachers. Yeah. Or, no, they're not called bleachers. No one calls them bleachers. In the NBA stands. Arena. The stands. Bleachers are a high school basketball thing. Oklahoma City at sixth place still. Now they're half game behind Utah for fifth. Yeah, and they play Boston tonight in Salt Lake City. So Boston comes to town and beats Utah. The Thunder will be the fifth seed going into their game Which against Which will be a first-round matchup against? Yes, I want it. I want it to happen. I want it to happen. The, uh, Houston, OKC. Mainly so I can go to Houston and like cover those games as well. Houston, OKC would be an incredible first-round series. <laughs> if Oklahoma City got the first-round home playoff game, though, they were the four seed, which not impossible. A game and a half behind Houston right now. Now, Houston's been hot, so there's no reason to assume that they're not going to be from here on out. But, I mean, it's – again, it's one of those things that I kind of tossed around for about a week, and then I've gone, okay, you know what? That's just not possible. Let's not even talk about that anymore. Yeah. That's a cute story. but that, That's what beating Denver does. That's what beating yeah. those teams – Exactly. Like, it puts it into the conversation. Because there's games that lo- – you look at the remaining schedule, okay, okay, see, loss, 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 loss. I'm not saying there's a lot of them, but the – you know, there's probably seven or eight. Milwaukee's a scheduled loss right, on Friday. Know, and then no Danilo Gallinari that night. You're, 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 are you he hasn't that played now? their last four or second night of back-to-backs. He's not playing that night. Okay, you're just reporting that off the top. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. No, and so no Darius Baisley. Who gets the start? Are you going to see Lou Dort and Terrence Ferguson out there if Terrence has another good game Ooh, tomorrow? Oh, you think we can see the double Ferg-Dort lineup? Why not? Because they're not going to do Muscala. Muscala next to Adam obviously doesn't he, make a ton of he sense. Does, has he even played the four since Darius has been out? He's played like the he's played the four for like thirty seven seconds this this year, which tells me it was like in between, like people coming in and out. Yeah, like on a free throw. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, Steven couldn't get his ice bags off yeah. quick enough. Um, <laughs> Someone didn't have their jersey tucked in. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, man, I'd, actually, I had not considered who would play the four. I, I'm shocked, honestly. Oklahoma City has a habit of not doing this, but I thought this might be the one exception. I'm shocked they did not sign a 10-day contract guy to that, get them through this Darius Baisley injury. Thing. That or play Deontay Burton. Because he's, like, for the Thunder, he's a power forward. And we've seen him early on this year, like Billy Dom, and, like when the Thunder were in L.A. to take on the Lakers. Billy threw Deontay in the second quarter on LeBron just because, like, hey, he's he's big and physical. Like, sure. try to match up with him physically. We need We need a body out there. And it's like, yeah, Deontay hasn't had a good season at all. And, I mean, I don't really know how much longer he's going to be in the NBA if he keeps this up, uh, as much as I hate to say that. But still, it's a little shocking he hasn't been thrown out there just because, just from a man standpoint. A man. A body. A body. 
Bring out a pulse. Yeah, again, but so obviously they're not they're not sold. Deontay Burton's an NBA player because you're right. He would have gotten rotation minutes up to this point. Abdul Nader's been getting those minutes. Outside chance we see them go. I mean, I guess that'd be kind of small with Abdul at the four against Milwaukee. Yeah, because I mean the other other option is Hami, and that's that's super small. Yeah, I can't imagine that's the. I think it's more likely they start Muscala than they start Hami. If this, if this be the case, I wonder if they just if go. If this be the case. If this be the case, <laughs> I wonder if they just like, hey, Danil, we have to play you. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. <laughs> yes. Danil, you know, I know you're used to your days off. I'm sure that you've already uh, you haven't had scheduled your Medi Petty. Yeah, going back to Turks Caicos, taking more thirst trap pictures. <laughs> thirst trap. <laughs> oh, man. So I can catch Madison on Instagram, like looking at it. Like, how many times? Ah, I was I was scrolling through the timeline. How many times have you caught Madison staring like, at that? Looking button? at thirst trap pictures yeah. on Instagram all the time. Unshocking. Be sitting up in Cloud City Press Row, and I just look over and it's like Madison, come on, be professional. Come on, Maddie. <laughs> come on. Okay, so uh, the rest of the NBA as a whole. Do you want to talk about the Rockets? Yeah, it's because um, you were saying that they they were hot right now. They're so hot right now. Um, they have to be hot as a rocket. Here's the here's the thing, and I think we've talked about this. They have to be hot, like it's a requirement. Well, if they're going to get home court advantage, are you saying <laughs> the NBA are rigging these games to force the Rockets to be hot? <laughs> well, I, we've kind of talked about this a handful of times, but if they keep this up, how tired are they going to be in the postseason? Oh, I mean, but then what would they say after they lose a second round playoff series to a lesser talented team? They have to have that excuse. They use it well, every year. Let, let's say they're banking that one in. They're baking it into their season. We're gonna play a ton of minutes right now, so we we're yep. tired at the end of the year. So when we lose unexpectedly, we can say that we were. Well, tired. Well, let's say that they stay at four. Oklahoma City gets the f- the five spot. Okay. Are you convinced Houston's going to beat Oklahoma no. City? No. So, no. I mean, I would pick Houston to win, but convinced, absolutely not. Yeah. So what? Houston in six or seven? Yeah, that's probably. I'd say I'd say Houston in seven. That would take them seven games. I would probably say six. Seven would not shock me. OKC and seven would not shock me. Steven would just destroy Parkenstein and P.J. Tucker. Parkenstein's not playing. Well, they'd probably have to play him in a playoff series. Would they? They'd have no choice. I think they would have a ch- I think their choice is we're not going to make a choice. I think that's Houston's strategy is we don't care. We don't care. Okay, well, they're going to care when Russell doesn't And I'm not saying I agree with that strategy. I'm saying I think that's Houston's standpoint is saying we don't care what you do. Well, again, it's working right now because Russell's shooting, like, well above his career average from the mid-range. When that goes away, which it will in the postseason because it always does, what are they going to do now? Rely on James Harden to get to the foul line? Well, it's the postseason. You don't go to the foul line as often as you'd like. Yeah. Um, Eric Gordon hasn't been Eric Gordon this year. He put a 50 a few nights ago, a week ago. Against Utah. I'm, I'm, I think he followed it up with like nine. Yeah. So. Well, I'm just saying, like, the shooting percentages are probably going to falter a little bit. Oklahoma City plays a style of play that um, that's easily it easily transitions into postseason play. Like, it, it's a reliable form of basketball. Sure. Houston, on the other hand, them not being cute and not playing a center, like, they're going to have to adjust to another team in the postseason, whether it be a, in their first round series or their second round series and that already puts you behind the eight ball because the whole point is like we want you to adjust to us and play outside of your you know your level of comfort I just don't see how they can get away with doing this I think 
So I think it's. I mean, they're. they're I mean, they are really truly making this not about basketball. They're making this about your calculus class. Yeah. I mean, that's what Houston's doing. They're just trying to see how much you pay attention in eighth grade. Yeah, I don't know if you know, but Daryl Morey went to MIT. Uh, I don't know if anybody should, so much to talk about that yeah. more. Um. So, playing out the math game. Here's the thing that I've brought up over and over and over about the three point revolution. That's fine. You want to say it makes offenses more efficient? The numbers tell us it absolutely does. What I also know is it allows the bottom of the offense to fall out more frequently. Yep. There's, I mean, there's a lot of games where the offense just does not work, which is what's happened to Houston a few times in the playoffs. When you're relying on jump shots, that's a part of it. There's going to be some nights where you can't miss and some nights where you can't make anything. And it, mm. It's the variance that is unpredictable. So that being said, I think that variance is a wash against teams like Denver. I think it's a wash against Utah. There's going to be some nights where Rudy Gobert is clearly a massive matchup problem, and the fact that Houston refused to play a guy over six foot eight is a problem and a mistake. And there's going to be some nights where every three-pointer is going in, and it just doesn't matter. Yeah. You know what I mean? Now, where I think Houston could run into trouble is if they face off against the Lakers. Well, Anthony Davis is one of those few guys who can play center and also play on the perimeter on defense. But refuses. But refuses. <laughs> um, but he can play center and then play out on the perimeter on defense and be okay. So that that is not – the thing about not playing a center is it adds a disadvantage – on the defensive end for the other team, right? It's pulling Rudy Gobert away from the basket unless you have a guy like Anthony Davis who can recover. Then, then that disadvantage doesn't exist. The other thing that I have just, again, tossing this idea around, and I have a ton of thoughts about what the heck is going on with the Clippers and where my skepticism lies. But let's say they face off against the Clippers. What is the Clippers' number one problem right now? Either they're playing a guy who's too small at center. Yeah. Or the fact that they have so many guards and they don't know which is the best ones to play. Like, they know they're going to play Marcus Morris, Paul Gasol. Paul Gasol. Where am I? They're going to play Marcus Morris, <laughs> if, Kawhi Leonard, if this be and Paul case. George. <laughs> and if they sign Paul Gasol, um, <laughs> Marcus Morris, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, those three guys are playing. So the other two are up in the air. You have to assume when Patrick Beverly comes back, I think he's going to be in that closing lineup. Yeah. So now that fifth guy, they're trying to figure out, can they play Montrezl Harold at the five? They're playing Houston. Of course. They could play Landry Shamit. <laughs> Serious. So they could play Landry Shamit. They could play just as small as Houston's playing right now. And then I look at those two lineups. The Clippers are drastically better playing Houston Rockets basketball than Houston is. I'm not saying that they. I, I don't think any other team is daring to go 48 minutes without playing a center. But if the Clippers decided to do that in a playoff series, I think they would roll Houston. Here, here's the here's the thing. It it really comes down to Russ, and I I don't want to like bash him all the time, but let's imagine Chris Paul on this Rockets team still and Russell still in Oklahoma City. If this is when Houston decided to go like we're not playing a center, that would actually frighten me. A Chris Paul, James Harden, just we're going to have guards and wings out here. Like that makes a lot of sense to me because you, like the bottom of your offense, like when the three-pointers aren't falling, like I know Daryl Morey would still not want Chris Paul to do what he's doing with Oklahoma City right now and like feast on the mid-range, but you can fall back on that, and it's an efficient shot. It's a shot that Chris Paul is going to hit when it's open all the time. Um, like to me, it just comes down to Russell, and when we get to the postseason, Russell's numbers are probably going to slightly dip a little bit in terms of the efficiency of the percentage. Um, that's going to dip. James Harden is a proven commodity in the postseason. Sure. Um, and then you're going to. Start depending on guys like Aaron Gordon, who had, he hasn't had a good season this year. Um, Daniel House, Austin Rivers, P.J. Tucker. Robert Covington, bro. They gave up a lot for him. Respect uh, R Robert Covington. Robert, yeah. Again, it, uh, there's not a lot of reliability with them. 
So regardless of who they play, whether it be the Thunder or somebody else, I, I'm not investing a lot of hope in them even in their first-round series. But again, like it, it could be a, a matter, like you just said, where the threes just fall or Russell and James are just on. They could be on for an entire series. They're that good, but I just can't get the last three or four years out of my mind. Well, yeah, so again... I think James and Russell will be on for a series. That doesn't mean I'm not going to say that's going to guarantee them a win because some of that also, again, does Ben McLemore shoot 40% from the three-point line? Does not P.J. Not. Tucker shoot 35 You know, Even if those two guys are on, they need other guys to hit shots. Um, but my point is uh, there's, there, is a, there is a very small, minuscule chance in my eyes that they can be hot for an entire playoff series. Yeah. I don't. I don't think the Houston Rockets can be, you know, firing on all cylinders for a month and a half. I just, I don't see that being possible. I don't, especially when teams get to, you know, and one thing that people aren't talking about right now is Houston's playing well. They're getting a lot of wins, but that's, that's catching people off guard. Night in and night out, generally NBA teams are playing pretty close to the same way. Mm-hmm. Well, all of a sudden, once every so often, once every couple months, you play the Houston Rockets and they're playing totally different than everyone else. Catches you off guard. Takes a minute to adjust. Yeah. So, Evan, do Utah the other night. They head into the playoffs, and the Clippers get to play that seven games in a row. They're going to figure that out. Yeah. They're going to make adjustments. No, this is exactly why I, like, I thought going into the season that the Rockets were going to win like 55, 56 games yeah. because they were just going to catch people off guard um, from an athletic standpoint every single night because, like you said, like you're not putting all your, your scouting and your film and your scheming into stopping them on a random-ass Tuesday night in the NBA in January. Like, where D'Antoni – and that system and James Harden are easily stopped is when you have all the time in the world just to focus on them for at least four to six games. Sure. And, again, it's like, do you want to get into a basketball IQ fight with Chris Paul in Oklahoma City? Houston? Like, seriously? Steven Adams. With Utah? Ace that test. Yeah, with Utah? With Denver? Who has the highest IQ on either one of these on, on these teams? And I don't mean basketball IQ. I mean literal IQ. Um, well, Kyrie Irving isn't playing anymore. That's true. <laughs> That's true. He wore an onk to Kobe Bryant's... Um, a what? An onk. You know, the... Uh, nope. It's 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 an ancient Egyptian symbol. It looks oh, like, like a cross with, a, with cross? a loop. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So apparently he's into ancient Egyptian iconography. Does that shock I- you in the slightest? No, not at all. He, he may very well be an intelligent, very, very uber-intelligent human being, but he kind of strikes me as somebody that... Sees a Chinese Mandarin symbol and says, "That looks cool. I want to get that tattooed Did on my Jerry back." Did you Judy yesterday? God damn it! That was stupid. What that, an idiot! What God? What an idiot! Yeah, people call me Jew, so I get a Star of David necklace. <laughs> what the f- the fuck are you doing? Oh man, that angered me. It angered you? It just it just angered me. It was stupid. That summed up. But that I'm, summed up this entire but generation. But nah, I ain't Jewish. I ain't Jewish. <laughs> Thanks for clarifying. Thanks for clarifying, Jerry. No, I'm actually Zoroastrian. Did no one, did his agent, surely his agent's there, right? When his agent was like, see him with the Star of David on and go, hey. I know, and it was a fair question because it's like, hey, are you a Jewish athlete? That's, in football, it's like, that's that's rare. That's, you know, anytime sure. there's a, a Muslim basketball player, we always get a story on it. And it's interesting because it they're just they're just not right. the common in the NBA. Right. Um, so it's a fair question, and then it just becomes kind of a farce afterwards. A farce. <laughs> <laughs> it does become a farce, but everyone calls him Jew, so I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't call him that. No, no, I don't know if I'm more mad at him or if I'm more mad at everybody who's apparently just walking around calling him Jew. I'd rather call him J squared. 
J squared. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's awful. That is absolutely awful. Um, all right, so now the team that's the hottest in the NBA. Well, at least by Chisholm Holland standards. They're 6-4 and four in their last 10. New Orleans. You have some hot takes. You think Zion's not good. You think it's all a farce. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Wait, am I misquoting you? No, what, okay. Go ahead and repeat what I told you. Because you asked me, is Zion... You said he sucked. You, you asked said he's me. totally overrated, and this is a media narrative that everyone's buying into. <laughs> and I said, wow, you're passionate. You, you asked me, is Zion Williamson a top 20 player in the NBA right now? And I said, no. And then my reasoning was, in the few times that I've I know, but when you said you like Tobias Harris more than Zion. I didn't say that. <laughs> I didn't say that. The only, like, you started rattling off players' names, and, like, the, the top seven, of course, like, everybody knows. And Giannis, Kawhi, LeBron, James, And you even Anthony mentioned, Davis, like, this Damian is without, Lillard, like, Kevin Luka. Durant playing yeah. this year. Kevin Durant's, off, Kevin Durant's off the list. Clay um, Thompson, Steph. Now, you got to, like, the Carl Anthony Townses, and I was starting to get, a, like, a little iffy, but I'm just like, okay, well, here's the difference. And this always happens with, like, hot rookies when they come into the league. So we overreact to everything. I don't know what their attractiveness has <laughs> to do with anything. We, we overreact to everything that they do cool. And deserving, deservingly so, Zion Williamson is not only, like, flashy as a player, but the numbers, like you, like you pointed out also, the most efficient player in the NBA right now is just the Zion Williamson post-up. Yeah, the best so, play in the NBA is the Zion Williamson post-up. Yeah. And when he's on the floor, they have a top eight offense and a top eight defense. A top eight offense – and a top eight defense. Yeah, so no doubt, like, it's not just surface level, like, fun to watch. There is a lot of substance there with the numbers, sure. and they suggest so. But, like I told you, I'm curious to see, like, the few times that New Orleans with Zion has been in crunch time situations, what his numbers are. And I would suspect them to be significantly worse than his overall production just because he's 19 years old, and it takes you a long-ass time to figure out how to win crunch time basketball in the NBA against guys that are like, all right, we're actually defending you now, or all right, we actually care now. Like, why Why are we all shocked that Chris Paul is the most crunch time player in the NBA right now? First of all, because we all thought he was washed. And second of all, because it's hard to do. Yeah, but we didn't know he was going to go vegan. Well, no, that's that's true. Like, if I shame, had, shame on us. If I would have had that information in no. front of me. Now, again, like, I love Zion. The, the reason why I'm, like, cautious with this is because we, we do this thing where we love them to death for every little cool thing that they do, every little highlight, and then if they get into the postseason and then, quote, get exposed, unquote, we then trash them and say that they're not they're not Jordan or they're not LeBron, all that bullshit that's stupid. Well, I mean, just remember all the, we, around we, LeBron specifically before yeah, he won. But we, we overreact to, like, all the flaws that they have, and God forbid that a 19-year-old rookie has flaws. Well, he's going to. But the beauty of it it's just the journey of him getting better and better and better. He's already getting better at an exponential rate. Like, the numbers all suggest that. Again, I'm just saying, like, what separates, like, true top 10, top 20 players in the NBA, in my opinion, is what you can do at the ends of games in crunch time against, you know, on the biggest stage. Can you go get us a bucket? Can you defend somebody? Can you rebound? Can you do all the things necessary to win a basketball game? And I just haven't seen enough out of Zion to say yes. Now... Will he get there? I'm pretty positive that he will, but I haven't seen it yet. Therefore, in my opinion, he's just not a top 20 player. It's not insulting in any way. Giannis, best player in the league? LeBron is still. Okay. Giannis, top three. Yeah. He's shown struggles of getting buckets in crunch time yeah, in playoff games. What have I always said about Milwaukee this entire year? I, I don't buy them. In, like, I'll let you th present your They're own not case. an Eastern Conference shoe-in. 
to win the Eastern Conference. Yeah. Because they've actually already locked up their playoff spot. Yes. They are in the playoffs. They could lose every game from here on out. They're in. Again, it's like there is an easy blueprint that a lot of teams in the Eastern Conference have the horses to do so. Pack the paint. All right, Chris Middleton, now play like an all-star. Oh, wait, you're probably not really an all-star. You just play on – you're the second best player on the Bucks, and they have to have a second Whoa, all-star. I don't know why you're coming after Chris Middleton Because so he's Is he a number two? He's in Milwaukee's. He is quite literally at number two. I don't see it. I just don't see it. Like we saw last year what Toronto was able to do. Yeah. You take away Giannis driving, getting to the foul line, getting into the paint. You take that away, then you're relying on Chris Middleton. You're relying on Brooke Lopez. You're relying on a lot of guys to all of a sudden wear the cape. Uh, maybe after last year they had that experience of, okay, next time I won't be so scared and so shocked and won't miss all these shots now. But to me, it's just it's too easy a blueprint. It's like the it was the biggest thing with the Thunder. Like when Charles Barkley used to say they're a jump shooting team, that's an easy thing to defend. Right, and once you hit, once you take stuff away from like the stars, you're then re- relying on Kevin Martin or Serge Ibaka or Dion Waiters to hit shots, and that's not what they're there to do. They're there to complement, not win you games consistently, win you a series. Uh, I agree with you. I think uh, Milwaukee though does have some of that. Just kind of what I was talking about with you. When you're such a team relying on the three point shot that if Milwaukee's going to win the first two rounds in my eyes pretty easily, I think they're going to make the Eastern Conference Finals. But I agree with you. There are some pretty hard limitations on what I think Giannis, a team centered around Giannis with Chris Milton as their second-best player, looks like. Just like Denver. As, yeah. a, as a completely different, because Denver's not as good as Milwaukee, but a you have one really great player, then your second-best player, I kind of shrug my Iffy. eyebrows at. Yeah. Um, but if Milwaukee gets to do a playoff series, though, and they, I mean, if Brooke Lopez shoots 45% from the three-point line, like, I'm just sorry. It just doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, they're, they're, they're built that way, where things can go their way just based off the fact that some guys are hitting shots that day. That's true. Well, if the Thunder didn't miss 33-point shots in the first two games against Portland last year, they probably win that series, too. But that sounds silly because Portland dominated them. Well, that also sounds silly because they're one of the worst three-point shooters in history taking them. Milwaukee will not have that. Now, remember Paul George missed, like, 14 three-pointers in those first two games? Yes. And it's like, yes, he can be bad, but not missing four, 14 three-pointers in two playoff games bad. I'm looking up how many three-pointers Russell shot in that series, just out of curiosity. Well, I remember the first game, he didn't shoot that many. Well, we both know that did not stay consistent. <laughs> now, I, think he, I think he started letting it fly when they came back to Oklahoma City. And I could be wrong, but I remember thinking, like, a lot of these three-pointers they missed were, like, three-pointers I want them taking. It wasn't like Russell jacked up 12 to, like, make the percentage look worse. Like, right. Jeremy Grant missed a bunch. Uh, Paul George, of course, missed a bunch. Who else is taking threes on that team? Terrence Ferguson. Ferguson, yeah. Okay, let's see. First box score, game one, Russell Westbrook took four threes, 0-4. Paul George was 4-15. Jeremy Grant was two of eight. Yeah, that that was, like, the big. Like, oh, sorry, 0-3, oh, two of eight from the floor. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Steven didn't take any, in case you're curious. Of course. Uh, the ne- the following game, Russell Westbrook. They should have had. What's the half court heave by Steven Adams? Is that the most efficient play in basketball? Absolutely. <laughs> I think we have to chalk it up to that. Uh, one of six from three point line was Russell in game two. Paul was two of seven. Everybody else, uh, Jeremy Grant, zero oh of five in that one. Terrence Ferguson, one of five. Yeah, Jeremy Grant having a bad three point shooting performance was really kind of the uh, 
that was always like the benchmark for me of like, but Paul can have a bad night shooting. Russell is Russell. But if Jeremy has a bad night shooting, yeah, this team just doesn't have it from the perimeter. Game three, Paul went two of seven again, second game in a row. Russell went four of six. Terrence went three of four, and Jeremy Grant went four of five. That was game three? Yeah. And they won that one going away. That was the one where they showboated. The yeah, 120 end. to 108. This is when Dennis Schroeder was game time. Oh. Game time. Yeah, is it time? Did I forget is that it, happened? Is it time is now Dame? <laughs> I think everyone forgot that yeah, happened. Russell Westbrook, game four, went one of seven from the three-point line. Paul George, four of ten. Jeremy Grant, three of five. Jeremy Grant got to figure it out, three and four. Remember that game three where, like, Russell, like, held the ball and Dame was, like, on him, like, on the elbow, like, from the three-point line. He's just, like, holding it, and then he just cocks it up, throws it up there, and it goes in. It's just like, see, that, that bullshit's not going to, tr like, carry over to game four. I love four. it when people act like that's going to, like, consistently. It's like, oh, he, they figured it out. It's like, no, no, man. He just hit a trash lucky shot. Last game of the series, Russell went 4 of 12 from the three-point line. Jeremy Grant, 2 of 2. Paul George, 2 of 8. Or, sorry, 3 of 8. Terrence Ferguson, 1 of 1. Everyone actually shot great from the three-point line except for Paul George. Russell Westbrook. Or Russell Westbrook. Yeah. Oh, Paul yeah. Paul had, like, a great closeout game. He was, uh, he was 36 outstanding. Points. Yeah. yeah. 36 points, 9 rebounds, 4 assists. Great game. Great game from Paul. Markeith Morris, 0 of 1. And Billy just didn't use him. Properly, or did not use him properly. Well, speaking of using him properly, have you seen that he signed with the Los Angeles Lakers? I assume. Yeah. So the Lakers' problem, right? LeBron James probably should be playing power forward if we're going to be transparent. Yep. Anthony Davis refuses to play center, only wants to play power forward. Kyle Kuzma can only play power forward. Then you add to the fact they just signed Markeith Morris. What are they, the Knicks? <laughs> I, like, are they trying to get all the power forwards? Yeah. I also am a little disappointed. I'm glad you said that. I made a great joke tweet the other day. Did you hear this fuzz? Not really. Okay, cool. Uh, I made a great tweet the other day, and nobody liked it, and I mean nobody. I'm going to read it to you. Did this, I, this, I, have, I have you on tweet notification. I, this, I didn't see it. Nobody liked it. So this is when Sham said the Los Angeles Lakers have emerged as the front runner to sign Markeith Morris. I said, Lakers, you know how our thir three best players all play power forward? LeBron, yeah, that seems to be an issue. Lakers, well, we think we found a way to get another one on the roster. LeBron, dot, dot, dot. Knicks, Great strategy, TBH. I thought that was a fire tweet. <laughs> now, like, is it weird that I guess the same, like, caution I have for Milwaukee, I kind of have with uh, the Lakers. Like, they're not a shoe-in to win the championship, whereas I, I don't think the, the Bucks are a shoe-in to win the East. I don't think the Lakers are a shoe-in to win the championship because they've got a bunch of guys that are maybe when – they get to that point, some guys will be willing to, like, okay, I'll, I'll do this. I'll sacrifice, as they would say. Yeah. I'll, I'll play center. Or I'll play power forward. But when you've got a bunch of guys playing out of position, mainly for ego, at some point that's going to bite you in the ass, right? Sure. But, again, like, maybe, like LeBron is a proven winner. He's a proven postseason player. And teams typically follow suit behind LeBron. So if he, like – it's like, all right, we've all got to do this differently now. But even still, it's like, okay, now you're going to do something different? <laughs> right. That's fair. Again, it's just – I think the interesting thing about this whole postseason, like even with having all those questions about Milwaukee or the Lakers, it's just I have no idea what to expect this postseason, whereas the last few years it's been a, like, well, we know what's coming out of the West. The East has always been the like, the, one up the, in the, the, the interesting one. But even still, it's like, well, no one out of the East is beating Golden State anyway. Right. Unless they – have a catastrophic slew of injury. <laughs> uh, is there anybody else you want to talk about in the NBA? Any other teams you want to address? 
Because uh, I could talk about like the Sixers for yeah. Let's do, let's do, do the I, Sixers. I, I could do nine hours on the Sixers. I mean, Ben Simmons being out for at least two weeks, I wonder if they're going to play better. That was my first thought. Ooh. Just because they'll they'll go all all in on one philosophy. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, sure. And, and there won't be a lot of substance to it. I think uh, it's a lot uh, easier for them to replace Joel, though, than Ben. I think if I was going to pick one of those oh, two yeah, guys because in ben, this team. Ben is more of a dynamic player, even though he right. can't stretch the floor. And I think I mean, Trey Burke got cut. I'm trying to think. Their backup point guard now is... Josh Richardson, technically. I think that's who they've been starting at point guard in Ben's absence. Uh, NATO. Uh, I can't remember his first name. Golly, that's going to drive me crazy now. Yeah. Um, but regardless, I, I don't think they're going to be able to replace Ben very well because their defense is not good. And no. Ben is by far their best defensive player this year, Joel included. Mm -hmm. And I think, I mean, I think they're going to hurt from that end. Now, if you want to say the half-court offense is going to look better, sure. But I think their transition offense is going to tank, which has actually been halfway decent this year. Yeah, they're a top ten transition offense, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I mean, I think that I mean that's really going to suffer because Ben is the big reason that works. I guess. I mean, on, the only thing I can think of a positive that's really going to change is now Tobias Harris. I assume is going to be playing more power forward. His numbers at power forward are drastically better than small forward. Yeah. That's been more of an Al Horford problem, but now maybe they can run the offense a little bit more through Al Horford with the bench units and allow Joel to kind of cook with Tobias out there. I don't know. Did Al Horford get benched? Yeah, he, yeah, he's coming yeah. off the bench. Yeah. He has been since the week before All-Star game. They signed him for four years, $120 million, and then benched him 50 games into the contract. Is he going to be the sixth man of the year? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> coming for Dennis Schroeder's trophy. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Oh, Shake Milton, by the way, just as to do our Raul Nato is his name. Raul Nato, yeah, yeah. Um, just to do our due diligence here, Shake Milton, graduate from Tulsa, Oklahoma, local kid. Everybody's from Oklahoma, man. Yeah, played basketball at SMU, obviously, uh, undrafted. No, he, sorry, he got picked fourth to last in this past year's NBA draft. Uh, now he's he's started at shooting guard a couple of games for the Sixers. So mm. little local, lo little local love. I also would like to make this PSA. If you're a Thunder fan out there, you're from Oklahoma. I get that you're a Thunder fan. I do. You should also cheer for the Sixers because Sam Hinkie is from Oklahoma. Born and raised in Marlowe. Everyone should be like a pseudo Sixers fan. Who else is from Marlowe? Shake Milton. Who else? Joe Dial. Won a gold medal <laughs> in the Olympics. Who else? Uh, Your local drive time host. No, Ron Howard. Oh, yeah, Ron Howard is from Marlowe. Yeah? yeah. Everybody's from Oklahoma. Everyone's from Oklahoma. Brad Pitt's from Shawnee. See, the great thing about being from a small town is, like, if you're from Oklahoma City, I assume that you probably struggled. Name, there's a ton of celebrities who are from here. Yeah. But there's just so many people, it's kind of hard to keep up. Marlowe, it's like, it was like in our history books. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? We like had to memorize these names. <laughs> so, I nailed like that. Everyone should be a Sixers fan was my overall point, though. Everyone should be a Sixers fan. I mean, they're... Defensive, defensive uh, coordinator at Texas Tech? Who is it right now? Marlowe. Uh, Patterson. His last name's Patterson. Patrick? Yes. <laughs> Patrick Patterson. Patrick, he moonlighting as a D1 defensive coordinator. I'm looking no. it up. He's also from Marlowe. He's, one of, he's a, one of my dad's friends, actually. Yeah, there is a underrated basketball. Keith Patterson. Keith Patterson. There is an underrated basketball culture connected to Oklahoma, no doubt. We talked about this a little bit. Yeah. There's a lot more roots here. Yeah, Pearl Jam's first name as a band was Mickey Blaylock. <laughs> That's, you're the only person bringing that up. 
um, former Sooner basketball player, former uh, – he played for the – He didn't. did he play for the Sonics? I think that's like the easy thing to say. I don't know if Mookie played for the Sonics. You're just saying that out loud? <laughs> no, because I remember looking like – He had like to have though, right? I know. I remember like looking it up like when did he play for Seattle and then – my next thought was like, oh, he didn't, or oh, he did for like a year. Hmm. Or I could be completely wrong. I don't know. Because, like, obviously, that would be the easy assumption that a Seattle-based band would name it after a Seattle basketball player. But anyway. I'm uh, looking it up. I believe Mookie Blaylock is in jail right now. <laughs> well, uh, thanks for bringing the downer here. Well, I mean. Mookie Blaylock. Point guard. His nickname uh, on Basketball Reference is The Thief. Do you oh. ever remember anyone calling him The Thief? Um, no. I was born in 1990, so Mookie's a little bit before my time. Well, in 1990 was his first year in the NBA, and he played for the New Jersey Nets. Then he went to the Hawks and Golden State Warriors. Yep. Golden State. Yeah, see, he didn't play for Seattle. No Seattle. Yeah. No Seattle. Uh, Eddie Vedder's from California, so that might be why. Maybe. What a random player to name a band after. It's a great name, though. I guess. It's a, it's it a sounds good. grungy. It's it a, does sound grungy. That I agree with. Because it's like, what what does that mean? Yeah. The people that didn't like basketball were like, what the hell is a Mookie Blaylock? Is that <laughs> well, again, like you can also say that. ask yourself the same question. What exactly is Pearl Jam? What exactly is a Pearl Jam? All right, up next, Pearl Jam. <laughs> All right, there's, a better, there's no, no better place to sign off. I've got intern tryouts to get to. Yes, let's do this. So let's get out of here. Brady, I appreciate your time as always, and a shout-out to the press for having us every Wednesday. The asparagus is great. As you chew asparagus. Mm. Adios.